Ephesians 2 24, they're complicated. And even in your walk with God, sometimes you can't look clearly. Even in the Apostle Paul, he couldn't admonish him, and he said, You can go along with those good souls and not entangle them. How many of you know sometimes you can get entangled? He said, For good souls, if they don't allow themselves to get entangled with the affairs of this life, which sometimes we do, that makes it complicated. Amen. So we talked about self-love. We talked about it's complicated, which is the first commandment. And today we're going to talk about the second commandment. And the title of this is called the larger law. How many of you know the larger law? The larger law that Pastor James was going to address the church when he said, if you keep the larger law, you do well. The larger law. Let me read to you what the larger law is. Because the church, if we want to be an effective church, we have to know how to walk in the royal law. Amen? How many of you know what the royal law is? Anybody know what the royal law is? Come on, we're in the house of God, huh? Somebody know what the royal law is. Y'all know what James said the royal law is? Let's go to the book of James, second chapter. James, the second chapter. James chapter 2, verse 8. Okay? And what we're getting ready to do, y'all think the devil, how many of y'all have ever been fighting y'all this week? All right. Somebody say, boy, if you want to live. But I'm going to tell you that's good, because all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen? So let's go to the book of James, chapter number 2. Amen. Hallelujah. Chapter 2, verse 8. And I'll read that verse to you. It says, If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. Now, that word royal, a lot of times we associate it with different things, but the Greek word salikos, which means it's an adjective, which means it's the principal or chief. That word basilikos means principal or chief. Always, but the Apostle James was telling the church was the main thing you need to perfect in your Christian walk is loving your neighbor the same way you love yourself. Oh, I felt something. Hallelujah. And now we know how that sounds, but this is what we're going to do. And somebody that you don't know, because it's easy to know. Amen? And y'all know you want to know that what I'm going to do, y'all bear with me, I want y'all to come meet me. But I'm all in the aisle, wherever at, because you can't do it like that, because you're probably sitting by somebody you know. 
So find somebody you don't know. And when you connect with that person, I want you to ask them what's your number one prayer request. The number one thing you believe. Come on, y'all find somebody. Find somebody you don't know. They may be close to you. They may be on the other side. They may be somebody that you don't know. To a perfect stranger. To a perfect stranger. That somebody you don't know, you never met. If you may land with somebody you never you met, but let it be somebody, and you're going to ask them their name. Three, nine, one person. Oh, y'all getting in groups? Okay. Now, this is major right here. I want y'all to follow me. I want you to get their name and their number one thing they believe in God for. Amen. And we're going to go in intercession for about three minutes. Amen. For that person. Because you can't love somebody. We're not praying for our own needs. The Bible says, look upon the needs of others. So grab one person that you don't know and pick their prayer request, and we're going to go before God for that person. This is the royal law. Amen. So grab their hands, amen. And I want you to look. What I want you to do is I want you to put yourself in their shoes, and I'm going to ask God to transfer their burden to you. Because this is what's going to happen. Y'all listen. Because when you really love somebody, their passion and their pain, God will transfer it to you so you can feel it. <laughs> Amen? I want y'all to feel one another burden. Because this is their number one prayer request that they're believing God for. <laughs> Amen? So we're going to ask God to transfer one another's feelings on each other. And now grab hands, bow your head. Amen? And begin to pray like you pray for yourself. <laughs> Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we humble ourselves right now. Oh, God, this is the royal law, my Lord God. God, this is what you command us to do. God, this is how you command the church to walk. God, let our pains and our passions, Father, be transferred to one another. God, if we want to be a church of any significance, God, if we want to be a church with any meaning, God, if we want to be a church of any, God, type of impact, God, we must learn how to pray for one another, God. God, that we will be healed one of another. How to bear one another's burdens. God, we must learn how to feel one another's pain. God, we must learn how to carry one another. God, we must learn how to connect with one another. God, we must learn, God, that it's not about ourselves. God, but we must learn, God, God, that you are calling us to serve. You are calling us to put our apron on. So, Lord Jesus, you gave us an example. You gave us an example, Lord, of how to serve one another. I believe that when you put that apron on and you begin to serve, you begin to, to, to teach us how to care one for another. The Bible says having the same care one for another. Having the same care one for another. In the name of Jesus right now, God. God, let every request, God. God, let every petition, God, into your ears, God. God, in the name of Jesus, God. God, let every request, God, every prayer, God, every pain, God, transfer the burdens, God. 
The transfer burden is God. The transfer burden is God. The transfer burden is God. The teacher is God. How to stand in the gap for one another, God. But God, you're looking for a church that's willing to make up a hedge. God, there's a hedge between you and me. You're looking for people, God, that's willing to stand in the gap, God. Call us into that gap, God. Call us into that gap, God. Call us into that gap, God. In the name of Jesus. We stand in the gap, God. We are standing in the gap, God. There was a heart of intercession, God. There was a heart, God. Somebody needs you right now. We stand in the gap right now. For one another, God. We're in the gap, God. We're in the gap, God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Aleluya, mota, rebo, sander, rebo, koshaga, ni korraba, ni mandaraba, korraba, si makie, ni mandiemo, sayandaraba, korra, andarababa, surrabaka, korraba, ganemo, koshaga, got every yoga, everything, destroy in the name of Jesus. Aleluya, rebo, in the mighty name, God, this is the royal law. In the name of Jesus, Arabasile, oh God, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. The Bible says, "Pray for one another that you may be healed, one of another." Hallelujah, there's healing in you for somebody else. Amen. God has placed in you the healing of somebody. And you must know of absolute importance. Or only let it go, Sister Amber. Hallelujah, the compassion of you today. Hallelujah. How many of you know, amen, that we can be healed one of another, the Bible says? Hallelujah. Thank you for that beautiful spirit that you were allowed to come in this place. God, as we got to walk in the royal law. Hallelujah. How many of you know we cannot claim to know God? Amen. If we don't know how to love people. But the scripture says, how can you say you love God when you've never seen the Bible says no man has seen God at any time. That's what the apostle's letter or the epistle or writing, the book of John. He said no man has seen God at any time. So how can we say, you know, there are many people saying they love God, but then they hate somebody. But we can't be deceived. Amen. And if I was you, I would learn everything about love. I would study it. I would learn it by definition. I would dive into it. Because let me tell you how important it is. And I feel that. But the Bible says God is love. Born of God. Whosoever love it is known of God. And he said, we don't know how. Then we don't know God. But to know God is to know love. Y'all heard what I just said? To know God is to know love. And whosoever loves it is born of God. Even the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, today the Bible calls it the spirit of love. It empowers you to love. Because how many of you know that something human beings do? How many of you know some people are difficult to love? Do you ever encounter somebody that no matter how much you love them, they're hard to love? But let me share something with you. If you're a true Christian, a human with somebody else's behavior, it does not justify your love moving. The scripture, the scripture says, walk in love. The scripture says, walk in love. No excuse to walk outside of love. You are commanded to love. He said, a new commandment to you. He said, this is an old commandment. This is a commandment from the beginning. Meaning, this is what's 
and it's never going to change. He said that you learn to love one another. <laughs> Jesus said, about this all men shall know that you are my followers because you have loved one to another. Somebody needs, if they have a need, he said, don't say, could brother be warm if you have it in your power? In other words, loving, when you learn to love, that means you do something to solve the problem. How many of you know love is a problem? Love means sometimes it's hard to love, but love don't break. Stronger than death. You know, death is, if you know death is strong, if you know, but how many of you know, and poor Jesus, how many of you know, living in the grave? Because your relationship is so easy, because you love hope so small glimmer of hope. That's love. Love says one day they're going to get it together. Love says one day their heart going to turn. Sometimes love is an action. Tell the world no, but God so loved the world that he gave, love more your resources and your energy. Exhaustion beyond exhaustion. When Jesus sat down on the well, he was exhausted. But when that woman came, that empowered him. Let us not deceive in ourselves to say we're Christians and we don't have love. Fervent let sharing be fervent in your heart. Passionate. Oh my God, I'm going to preach this. The spirit is in your heart. Love needs to be part if you're going to claim to be representatives of God. Hallelujah. So I'm going to go into this message, but before I do that, the Holy Ghost just reminded me that I need to do something for some. Now, we have a sister, Sister Kelly, and it was some oil, and I thought it was so touching. She gave us a recipe from the book of Exodus 30 and 32. Now, the power is not in the oil. So, I don't want nobody saying, I want that bottle. <laughs> I don't want you to be deceived. But the Bible does talk about laying on the hands of the sick, anointing them with oil, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. So, we are commanded to do that. But how many of you know if we continue to use this bottle, it'll dissipate, it'll be gone. So, the point is, the healing is not in the oil. But anyway, God, this is something that God has always done. Now, but it's not going to be a long, drawn-out prayer. Amen. It's a faith prayer. And the Bible says the prayer of faith shall save the city. Amen. Not hype. 
And not me trying to, no, it's the prayer of faith. It saves the city. And I want to share two testimonies with you of what happened recently. He's traveling on the road. And one Sunday, and the girl, she had acne, real bad, severe, from a child. And I wanted him to share the testimony, but God laid it upon my heart because we need to know that he'll let follow the gospel of Christ. Amen? Well, she came up for and we did what the Bible says we call for the leaders, and we laid hands on her with the oil. And what happened is, her acne used to be so bad, it would cause her skin to color, and her hair would fall out, and her skin would be very, 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 very dry. Okay? So, after that Sunday, when we prayed for her, what happened is, he called me back really excited. He said, Pastor, my daughter called me, and she wanted me to let y'all know that she'd been suffering with severe acne all of her life. Skin dry, hair falling out. He said, my hair not falling out anymore, and my skin is moist again, and the acne is leaving. What touched my heart about her, as I raised a daughter, when you see a child, you know, we live in a culture where people really want I literally said, oh, God, can you imagine what this baby girl dealt with all of her life? Just because she looked a little different, I know those little kids were picking on her. How many of you know harsh? They can be mean. So when your children are dealing with issues at school, but don't tell them tough enough. They may be getting bullied for real. And you need to times in our culture, we just want to make our kids tough enough. Don't deal with that. Because when they get secluded and they start growing in the room and not opening up, something is going on. Amen. And you need to be attentive as a parent. Because people get bullied. And bullying causes kids to develop complexes. And you need to know that. But don't always be so hard on your child. But you need to. And you can't go fight the kid that's bullying your child. Y'all know how we do. You can't go fighting people, kids, and no, that's not godly. But you can deal with your child and teach them how to maneuver through that, amen? But God heals her. And then we were in revival in Franklin, amen, in Malachi, that's just in the Keith's son. And he was having bad migraines to the point of crying. And we were getting ready to preach the word, or we had preached the word, I don't remember exactly, amen. But she asked us to pray with Malachi, we prayed for him. Amen. And all I saw was Nikita wearing a back like <laughs> And she was trying to get, and she was like, his migraine is gone. And instantly, anybody was there, y'all remember what God did? Amen. So God wants us to know, amen, that he wants these things to be an operation in his church. But he's not going to give it to a church that don't know how to fulfill the royal law. Because the royal law is what activates the gifts of God. You can't cover the gifts of God to bring and make a name for yourself. You can't cover the gifts of God to make yourself a great man of God, a woman of God, so people can, amen, look upon you as something great. Amen. But God tries you, and he has to be able to trust you through that. Amen. And it takes time for God to trust you and account you faithful. Paul said, the Lord counted me faithful, put me in the ministry. So God not going to put you in the ministry until he finds you faithful. And he finds you faithful through the trials that he brings you through. Amen? 
Amen. And y'all remember the man in the Bible? Amen. He thought he could purchase the gift of God with money. And Peter said, no, man, I paid for this anointing. <laughs> he said, your money pairs with you because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. Amen. So what I want to do real quick, and it's going to be very quick, is there anybody with any kind of sickness in this place right now? I want you to come right here. And not just you, if, it's, if you know somebody with a sickness, then you want to stand in the gap for them. Amen. And God wanted me to share them testimonies because you, you have to know, amen, that God is still in the healing business. Amen. And, and I want you to believe God right now. I don't care what it is because the Bible says the prayer of faith shall save the city. He said if there's any sick among you, amen, get the oil and lay hands on them. Amen. And I'm going to pass by. I'm going to touch you and the Holy Ghost and say, to you today. Amen. So whatever happens after this all touches you, you are believing for, amen. It's going to happen. Amen. So let me get this and then I'm going to move on. Father, I believe you right now according to the scriptures that you have given us. God, you said these signs shall follow them that believe. Father, I believe you right now. God, I believe, God, that there's going to be healings right now. God, I believe, God, that according to the word of the Lord, hallelujah, I stand on it. You have done it. You have manifested, oh God. God, and I've seen you do it. God, you've done it recently. God, and you're going to continue to do it. Father, I believe you right now. God, as I touch them, whatever the sickness may be, I'm believing that you're going to cause a healing to flow from heaven. In Jesus' name, right now, God, heal right now, God. God, heal right now, heal right now, God. Right now, God, God, whatever the sickness may be, God, heal right now, God. Heal right now, God. Heal right now, God. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Right now, God. Right now, God. God, release a healing virtue, God. In this atmosphere, God. In the name of Jesus, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, God. Come on, Jesus, God. Heal in virtue right now. Come on, Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus, God. Eat out of my soul. Oh, Rabbi Sunday. Make a Rabbi Gandhi Massey. Even the Rabbi Sunday. And the Rabbi God. Yen the Rabbi Sunday. In the Rabbi Sunday. In Jesus' name. We believe you today. We believe you today. I believe you right now, Lord. I believe you right now, God. Come on, if you believe it. Call upon him. Come on, if you believe it. If you believe it. If you believe it. We believe you right now, God. Heal right now, God. Free right now, God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Right now, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Heal right now, God, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Release your virtue in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Healing virtue right 
the Lord. Heal it. Come on, all in the atmosphere. Come on, there's a healing person. Come on, all in the atmosphere. Come on. Come on, Come on, anybody believe God. Come on, Jesus said, if you believe, you shall see the glory of God. Come on, anybody believe today. We believe you, Lord. AIDS, cancer, diabetes, blood pressure, in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is, God. I even hear the Holy Ghost say some sickness is already terrible. 
He said, but you are born again of a royal seed. He's telling no sicknesses right now. Sicknesses that have come through hereditary meals. Asthma. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hereditary diseases. The healer is here. We bind that in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank <laughs> you. 
Alleluia. Truly, I believe the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. This move that God is doing, amen. It's, it's all about what I'm learning about God, what I'm, you know, I'm learning. Amen. That's why you always got to be humble because, amen, I'm learning how to really find Him. And the way you find the Lord is with a sincere heart. There's no mystery. There's no ten steps. It's not that deep. It's not, amen, about how many days you can fast. It's not about the works you can do to impress Him. Amen. What gets the Lord's attention that I'm finding. And if I never share nothing else with you before I leave this world, this is something that I'm learning. When you are sincere, when you're not being fine, when you're not faking, I don't care how many people turn to Lord. I don't care what happens in your personal life. I don't care what your spouse do, your husband do, your job do, your preacher do, your church do, your co-worker. I don't care. When you are sincere and you seek the Lord with your whole heart, you will find it. God is real. Hallelujah. And the way to find him is just by being sincere. If you seek him sincerely, he will lead you. I'm telling you. He will guide you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a good shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. Amen. And he will not leave you if you seek him with your heart sincerely. I guarantee you. The Bible say the Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. Right? And if you're going through things in life that's hard, that's challenging, the Bible say call upon Him. The Bible say, Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, God. somebody with all of your heart. But if they have a human body, their heart can change. Their heart can turn. But Jesus asked Judas, he said, how have you allowed Satan to enter your heart? But Judas didn't always have a bad heart. Satan entered his heart and he turned his heart 
And when his heart began to turn, he betrayed innocent blood. And when he realized what he'd done, he killed himself. Hallelujah. Because it dawned on him, that was an innocent man. That man did nothing. But you got to learn how to love God. You've got to develop your walk with God. Because people change. But God gave us a promise. You may marry somebody. And in 10 years, they could change. Yes, it's supposed to be that tough, that do we part. But if that was the case, that wouldn't be a word called divorce. That's a real word. People can love you today and say you talk to them and they hate you tomorrow. It never changes. I'm not trying to be cliches to you this morning. I'm being sincere from my heart. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. Somebody say, you can come on. Somebody say, the Lord is faithful. And this is something you need to put in your Christian nugget box. No matter how people treat you, no matter how you feel like they treated you, no matter how much somebody offended you, you never let human behavior turn you from him. You hear what I'm saying? A lot of people use this excuse to not serve God because of that's a horrible excuse. But the Lord is faithful. He's good. Don't let the misrepresentation of God that you see in humanity make you misjudge God. Amen. So if you seek him, I don't care if you, the Bible said they were in beings in the caves of the earth, not accepting deliverance. Y'all, well, they didn't even have this. See, some people can't serve God unless they go to the church and everything's beautiful, and perfect, and everything. No, but they didn't even have this. They were in beings in the caves of the earth. And the Bible said they didn't even accept deliverance. Because they found God and they had became so content with God. They say, God, I've had enough experience with this world. It's corrupt. It's crooked. I don't even want to get out of this cave. As long as I got you, I'm content. I'm satisfied. That's what Paul was trying to communicate. He was trying to say, God, it is with contentment. It's great game. Once you found God, it don't matter if you serve him under the bridge. It don't matter if you serve him in a cathedral. It don't matter if you serve him in a desert. Y'all, I'm just giving y'all my heart. It don't matter if you serve them in your house. It don't matter if you serve them in your living room. As long as you got Jesus, it don't matter. Heaven and earth are fading away. But as long as you got Jesus, hallelujah. long as you got Jesus, hold on to Jesus. He's a rock. I love fellowshipping with all of you, but I'm not going to be in Lafayette forever. Amen. God has much work for all of us to do. And those that God is connected to this church, I'm grateful. But I'm locked in because I found Christ. And he has put in my heart that I got to do a work for him before I die. And I don't care if it strips down to me and Jesus. See, you got to reach that point. Because until you reach that point, 
unless it's stripped. I'm telling you, get to the point where it don't matter if it's stripped down or you and Jesus. Whenever things change and people walk away and people change, I'm telling you, I'm learning that. But until you could, until you learn how to grab a hold of Christ and don't let him go. I'm talking about, I don't care, no matter who walked away from Christ, you don't walk away from him because the Lord is faithful. And if you find Christ, eternal life, he have it in his hand. Oh, I'm speaking from my heart. I found a treasure. Hallelujah. And my peace used to be disturbed. Because I would, it would be based on how people treated me. That's not Christ's peace. I said my peace. Because I allowed my peace to be disturbed based on human interaction with me. And I had to realize that was an immature position to be in as a Christian. But when you become mature in Christ, it's you and Christ that don't matter. See, when you begin to mature and you begin to grow up in the Lord, human behavior doesn't impact your walk with Him no more. Oh, my God. If human behavior still affecting your attitude toward Christ, you're still immature in the faith. God, Christ don't dwell in temples made with hands, y'all. He dwells in hearts that's open up to him. The Bible says he lives in us by his spirit. He shares the Holy Ghost abundantly in our heart. So you gotta get your eyes off of all these earthly things and churches and all of this. You gotta learn how to connect with Christ. Because yes, Christ gonna bless us with a wonderful church and all kind of everything and an assortment for this and that. Because the kingdom of God is designed in by its nature, it increases. See, so it's going to increase. That's just the nature of the kingdom. But you have to learn because God's going to move you some away from here. You make it a job that take you away. You got to learn how to develop a walk with Christ. Because if you don't Christ right, you're going to be a church hopper. Because you're coming into a hospital looking for perfect people. You don't walk away from the uh, uh, UMC. If you walk in there and you look in the emergency room and you see somebody sick, that's a hospital. This is a hospital. You're supposed to see sick people when you come here. You're supposed to see people that's trying to walk this thing out. The Bible says he gives the apostles, prophets, and all of these things to perfect the saints. So don't let your interaction with an imperfect saint cause you to walk away from Christ. That person is being perfected. And one day they're going to get it together and you won't have your Christ no more. Oh, God. This is a hospital. And people come to get perfected. Hallelujah. So that's my job. That's what I do. Amen. So can I do that? Now, I'm not going to preach long, amen, because the Holy Ghost already did great things. Hallelujah. So I just want to impress on you about this royal law. Hallelujah. But I want you to know, <laughs> when I leave this world, I got two goals. My first goal is to die with a pure heart. That's goal number one for me. Y'all hear what I'm saying? My goal is to die with my heart pure and unspotted from this world. And goal number two is to finish the work that he's put in my heart to do. And if I accomplish that, you didn't hear me say a mansion of God. That's not, that's not, that's not, I'm not past that. My goal is to leave with a pure heart and my assignment complete. 
and I'm not going to let nothing stop that. Amen. Wherever it takes me. Amen. Hallelujah. I've learned along this way, amen. You're going to make a lot of friends. You're going to lose a lot of friends. You're going to make a lot of <laughs> You might buy a house, lose a house. But the one thing that has been consistent in my walk with Christ since I started is Him. Hallelujah. So, amen. Let me just preach some of this to you, amen, because the Holy Ghost definitely had his way. I feel his virtue in here, amen, and a lot of energy has been spent. But, amen, if you want to be a servant of Christ, I think it will be a disaster, amen, if you don't get this right. So let me just give you a little bit for maybe a little half hour. I'll do my best. Matthew 25, verse 31. How many of you feel that God has moved already? <laughs> but thank you, Jesus. Five thirty-one to forty. <laughs> Amen. Matthew to forty. Amen. And if y'all Matthew chapter twenty-five. All right. See, and what you got to realize, church, is that God, you may see God doing one thing, but everything that God does is manifold. The word manifold just simply means many different distinctive parts. So basically what that means is you may have one trial in your life. Let's just say you're having a financial trial. Well, that financial trial has a manifold purpose in your life. One could be that God is trying to work covetousness out of you. God may be trying to teach you how to manage money. He may be trying to work a mindset out of you, number one. And number two, he's trying to work a mindset in you. And then number three, he's trying to put you in a cloud of witnesses so that when somebody else goes through that trial, you'll be right there to help them through it. So everything you go through has manifold purposes to it. So that's why you've got to start learning that when God is doing something in your life, you've got to think from a broad lens that this trial has many implications to it. Amen? So somebody say it's manifold. Even the grace is called manifold grace. Amen? And we'll get to that in the future. Amen. When the Son of Man, verse 30, 1, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come on. You blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. He said, now look how you get qualified for heaven, Lord Jesus. For I was in hunger, and you gave me meat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. And I was danger, and you took me in. Naked, who clothed me? 
and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. But then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when shall we be hungered or thirsty? When did we see you as a stranger and took you in? Or when were you naked and I gave you a shirt? When were you sick or in prison and I came and saw about you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily or truly I say unto you, In as much, somebody say, In as much, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. As you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it to me. That's profound. Come see, Brother Chair. You know, this man was created in the image and the likeness of God. So God is in him. The intellect of God is in him. And he's been filled with our spirit. The spirit of God is in him. So that means Christ is in him. So that means when you're talking to him, you should treat him the same way you would treat Jesus Christ if he walked in that door. Because Christ is in him. The Bible says, Whatsoever you have done to my brethren, you have done it to me. However you treat Brother Kevin, who is Christ's brother, you treat him Christ that way. If you go back, you can be seated, thank you. If you go back to the royal law, it says if you have respect of person, you commit sin. It means if Brother Kev can do something for me and give me an advantage, so I make sure I treat Brother Kev kind and nice. But another brother comes in that can do literally nothing for me. He has no information for me. He has no money for me. He can't give me a job. But there's literally nothing he can do for me or the church. He needs help. And I tell Brother Kevin, good morning, how you doing? And I speak to him, bless the Lord. And then another brother comes in and I say, sit over there, sir. I just told Christ, sit over there somewhere. Every human being, God made them. The scripture says, how can you love God that you never laid eyes on? The Bible says no man has seen God at any time. He said, so how can you say you love God but hate a man? That's created in his image and in his likeness. Thanks, church world. I need to give you some information. If you don't love people, you don't have period. If you mistreating people, if you are offending people, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Listen, it's not even possible that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of love, God himself, living in you, and you don't treat people right. We need to really get that. It's not about how much you can quote, 
how intellectual you are, how great your speech is, how big your church is. If you offending people and you don't treat everybody the same way you would treat Jesus Christ himself, because Jesus Christ lives in people, and humans are an expression of God. Whole church world, because they really think that they can treat people wrong and still rep- It's not possible. Whatsoever is born of God cannot commit sin. If you really have the Holy Ghost, you cannot be a sinner and a saved person at the same time. You can't walk in anger, walk in pride, walk in lust, literally walking in these things and have God's spirit too. No way possible. It's not even spiritually possible that you can represent Christ and not walk like him. The scriptures say, as you have received Christ, so walk in him. Oh, I hope I'm helping somebody today. So when you look on a human being, See Christ. But Jesus said, Whatever you do to a brother, you're doing it to me. See, a lot of you want to get to heaven and you think you're going to treat God right, but God is living in people and you're treating people wrong. You see? He said, You can't come up here if you can't treat my people right down there. And God is so good, the way to heaven is plain. He said, Beloved, God is not seen, be seen. Whatsoever you sow, the same shall you reap. If you plant love, love will come back. Do you know why so much hatred coming your way? Because you're planting hatred. But don't wait till somebody loves you so you start planting love. No, you plant the love that you want to receive. The royal law, revert as you would that men would do unto you. Do so unto them likewise. However you would like to be treated, if you want somebody to tell you good morning, you start saying good morning. And guess what? They don't need all they can do when you say good morning. Good morning. The Christians have to rise above allowing human behavior to corrupt their. They say, Beloved, be not overcome with evil, but beloved. What that scripture is saying, don't let the evil make you a bad person. Sometimes you think it's not fair to get you. It still doesn't to become evil. His sun shines on the just and the un. He's kind to the unthankful and the unholy. Jesus healed ten lepers. Only one didn't. Only one turned around and said thank you. He didn't go walk up to the other nine and say, "Give me my healing bag." He was kind. He did the kind act to him. However, they treated him. They didn't stop him from going treat somebody else kind. There's too many people. But they let the the ungratefulness that they received cause them not to be good to the next person. Don't make the rest of humanity pay for what one evil person. Did you? I know how we do. I got burned. I loaned them five dollars and they never paid me back. I ain't never let nobody buy. Come on now. You just came across one bad apple. But if your nature is of God, 
the next time they want five, you're going to... Not your character. You don't have God. We need to know that. Hallelujah. But then shall he say also to them on the left. Now, the ones on the left need to know. He said, depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Who was everlasting fire prepared for? It wasn't prepared for none of you. That's not who it was prepared for. But you can go meet him if you don't know how to love people. But the Bible says it wasn't prepared for humanity. But then in the book of Isaiah, the prophet said it had to enlarge itself. Because God saw humans behaving like the devil. So he said, well, I sure can't let them come here. And I sure can't let them live forever. I got to send them to meet him because that's who they act like. He said, whosoever committed sin is what? Of the devil. Y'all see how simple this is? Somebody said, Pastor, you're not going deep today. That's good to get this right. Because once we get this right, it unlocks everything else there is in the Word of God. Amen? So I was hungry, thirsty, uh, a stranger, naked. I was in prison. Then shall they answer unto him, saying, Lord, when shall we be hungry, thirsty, stranger, naked or sick, and then minister to you? He said, Then shall he answer, saying, Verily, I say unto you, again, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Hallelujah. Somebody give God a hand clap right there. Oh, man. Let's go over here to. Luke chapter 10, amen, and I want to, this may be the last place I go, amen, because truly the Lord has already moved. Luke 15, 1 to 7, hallelujah, uh-uh, Luke 10, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 10, verses 31 to 37. Luke chapter 10, verse 31 to 37. Amen. Amen. If you have a say amen. All right. Luke chapter 10. Let's back up one verse to verse 30. And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down, somebody say down, from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jerusalem means this was and Jerusalem is the city of God. That means it was somebody saved, somebody living for God. He went down from Jerusalem and he went to Jericho. A righteous life, but something happened where they decided they want to go to Jericho. That's where the thieves were, that's where the party was, that's where the clubs were, that's where the things of this world was going on. Amen. But I want to show you the church's behavior, how church people behave. And because how many of you know, sometimes people in the world can be kinder than people that say they have Christ's name on them. Have you ever met somebody in the world that treated you better than somebody that said they was a Christian? 
that, what did that, that puzzled you a little bit, huh? Somebody say, Beloved, these things ought not so to be. There's no way a sinner should love you better than somebody that's a Christian. Amen. So he went to Jericho. The Bible says he fell among thieves. And it's talking about he fell in sin. And what he's talking about, the sin began to strip him of his raiment, or he lost his identity in Christ. He was wounded. I mean, when you've been involved in sin, you're not going to come out of sin without some wounds, without some damage. And it said, and he departed, leaving him half dead. How many of you know sin will leave you half dead? Anybody ever came out of sin with no clothes? Spiritually, I'm talking. <laughs> Wounded and half dead. <laughs> Anybody ever been beat up by sin? Okay, I'm in the right place. And there came down a certain priest. Now, it didn't say a priest. He said a certain priest. Meaning that it was somebody with a name. It was somebody with a title. It was some pastor, some somebody somewhere, somebody in church in a leadership role that was claiming to represent God. And they looked at this human. They sinned them beat up, stripped of their identity, and they left the church, pulled outside of the road, half dead, and the person with the big title, because the big titles, they shape the culture of the church. See, Jesus is speaking to the culture of the church. He's saying that the leadership don't know how to love people, then the people in the church not going to know how to love people. See, the leaders shape the culture of the people. See, so the certain priest, he saw this man on the side of the road, beat up by sin, and look what his response was. What? He saw him right there. Anybody want to play the sermon today? I mean, it's just a script. Come on, Sean. This is what God sees in the church world. You're going to have to, if you don't mind. Well, we kind of, no, I ain't gonna do that. Yeah, just lay down there. When you're a nurse, you know how people look when they come in the hospital, you know. Look like one of them patients that just, oh. <laughs> well, we can, y'all look at it. <laughs> now you gotta stay like that, because I gotta pass by you. <laughs> so here I am, I'm headed to church service. I'm on my way to the house of love. I'm on my way where compassion lives. Where the one that gave his son for the world, I'm getting ready to go praise him and worship him. And here I see a sinner. Man, that looked like Sister Stoller, so Sister How she looking? Like, who? Oh, look, the Marita's on. <laughs> sister, don't even do a hat no more. Man, oh, look at that sister. Boy, that sister. Sister, to let herself go. Boy, I mean, I mean, man, sister. Oh, that priest saw that. He said, 
Sister, that used to come to church with you right there on the side of the road? You, 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 I mean, what, your contacts messed up? Or, you, you didn't put your gut? No, what it was, the heart blinded them. But they couldn't see. They saw the physical condition because that's what they was looking for, how bad off she was. But they didn't see the spiritual condition. She was wounded and half dead and lost her spiritual identity. Oh, Somebody say, Lord, help the church. Title, they don't want to sit down over there when they office to have their little message. But then they don't come out the day and preach on charity. They know all the meanings by definition, but the execution. See, we're not going to execute charity because charity is grimy. you got to tear with people that might snot on you when you're praying for through. You might have to bear along with them. You know, they can come to you all the Greek meanings and all the Hebrew meanings and Folks, soliloquies because they went to theology school so they can break down each fruit and all of that. But the execution of it, the Bible says, in my, my mouth they profess me, but in works they deny me. Somebody say, Ooh. All right. So then the Levite passed by, a little smaller time. But I just told you the leader shaped the Levite. You know why the Levite didn't show love? But that's what the priest did. So here come the Levite. I didn't get worse when it's a Levite. The leader got a little. The Levite run up on you. Now you know you shouldn't have been out there. You should have stayed in Jerusalem. What made you leave church? Now you know. See, that's what you get. <laughs> see, see, if you would have listened to that message, you wouldn't have been in this problem. See, if you would have just listened, where's the compassion? Where's the mercy? You're so busy worried about telling them why they're on the side of the road than actually trying to figure out how to get them off the side of the road. See, that's your Levite thing. They so want to prove they something in God. They so want to prove they got a little message. They want to preach the message to wear somebody out that's already down. See, you're not a good minister. It's easy to beat somebody up when they're already beat up. That's not the kind of minister God is after. Now, here comes some merit. Don't even go to church. It's a good person. Now, the priest and the Levite with the big title, saw him on the side of the road. Y'all ever just met good people? Not even saved, just good people. You're going to let them outlove you? Oof. The church work doing it every day. They're so busy worrying about, hey, man, 
packed the churches and put the conferences and didn't big name artists, which I love good church. Don't get me wrong. I'm speaking to a culture. I'm speaking to a I'm speaking to a spirit. I'm speaking Church climate is what I'm speaking to. And if you're going to be with me, amen, working in ministry, I want you to have the right heart. Amen? Because I love excellence. Y'all can see that. I'm all about excellence. Y'all know me. You've been knowing me a long time. You know where I live, where I drive. You know all of it. But my heart is after God. My, man, woe is me if I walk by a sister like this. I want to do what the Samaritan did. Ain't that a shame? That Samaritan walked by. That Samaritan was on their way to a business something because they couldn't stay. The Samaritan came by, picked up. Come see, let me help you. Hold on, don't get up yet. I got to do this right. Back then they rode on their donkey, so and then my God, my left. I got to get this right. Y'all got to see what God see. Y'all want to play God. All right, me and I found my left. Oh, can we come through? Come on, get up. Go in there fast. I got a business meeting. I'm trying to get this cold. You, you know, you mind on business. <laughs> Any of you ever had your mind on business and you got to be where you got to be? But that's America. They mind on business. They got somewhere to be. I'm going to judge you might have some grass. You got something going on. Like, out of the you got to get there. But I know these brothers. There's no way Josh and Kevin would see that. And just go cut the grass and leave somebody else. I know them. So this American walked up. Oh man! I, wow! You oh man! You okay? You alive? Get on my donkey. Oh wow! Man, you look like you had a rough time. Wow! Man, let me. Man, let me help you. Mind you, that's a stranger. Jesus said, when I was a stranger, they don't even know each other. Some of us can't even treat our brother right, and we know them. <laughs> we grew up in a house with that bloodline, and we have the spirit of Cain. The Bible says, don't you know Cain's spirit is of the wicked one? How can we have relatives that we don't even speak to? But then we come sit in the house of God and act like Christian people. You should not be at odds with y'all have the same blood and y'all can't get along. Man, no, we can't be that kind of Christian people. To make peace with your relatives. To make peace with your mom, your dad, whoever it is. Go back and get that relationship. But don't let the devil run. Or, and when you meet him, it's not about, oh, man, how could you abandon me? How could you? No, you got to see it like this. We got 10 more years. It don't matter. We're going to make the rest of these years beautiful. Whatever happened in the past, we can't go undo it. I'm not mad at you. I'm not bitter with you. Let's just make the rest of our life as good as we can. Let's make some new memories. And don't let nothing stop you from being at peace with your family. Oh, my God. So he walked up to the lady. Oh, man, who else? And he grabbed us. He said, oh, man, I don't know how much. Y'all know we got our cards. If you pull out that big one. Come on, I walk. Be my. Sit right there, Josh. This is like a little hotel. I'm trying to show y'all what that. 
We come to the hotel, right? Come on, walk with me. We done made it to the hotel. Hey, man, how you doing? Good evening. All right. Hey, my friend, he said friend. Remember they say, who is my neighbor? Every human you meet is your neighbor. A perfect stranger. Hey, my friend right here, look. I just want to get him taken care of. I need you to bind every wound. I need you to throw it on and give her a good meal. Make sure she has something good to drink. Give her the best room, the softest bed, the night. She just needs, right now she just needs some good treatment. She just needs some good treatment. So I want you to make sure you got to What floor your sweets on? Okay, who going to bring it? I need to call somebody over here to show them where the tent flow is. Who you got to have? Okay, good. Look, now I don't know how much it's going to cost, but this is for tonight. Now, she got to stay two nights, but maybe she phone out, maybe home, okay? She maybe a little time to find some numbers, a couple of days, for the family to come get her. But, hey, you just no limit on it. Just take care of it. You, look, eat whatever you want, okay? <laughs> to get the room service, to just have a good time. This is how God will treat somebody. <laughs> Make looks. See, that's how you want to have. You would say, like, there's no limit. Desire, you can find your family. If there's family. Hey, nice meeting you. I'm going to leave my card. If you ever need something again, a job or anything, whatever I can do to help you, I got you, okay? Hey, nice meeting you, sir. Thank you, man. LJ, I'll catch you. I'll be back in about a week. Now, that's godly. Thank you, sis. Give me that back, you, because I know you. <laughs> Deuce, Deuce will be like, Dad, I'm sorry you kept that car. Let's go eat somewhere. <laughs> I got a stock car. I got it in front of you, Deuce. You don't have my car. I want you to watch me put it up. But notice what the Christian, the Samaritan, did not do. Not one time did the Samaritan say, how could you let this happen to you? You weren't taught better than that? You didn't know better? You see the difference? The Samaritan's concern was making sure the neighbor got nursed back to him. That's all God wants us to be concerned with. But now when they get back healthy... And when they get back in Jerusalem, and when they put their Christian clothes back on, and they come out of the world, and the wound is healed, then that priest or leader should be able to say, now let's talk about what happened so that you can avoid that in the future. But that's not the conversation when they already beat up. They already know they have data. Oh, my God. Give us your heart, Lord. You know what's your heart, Lord? Hallelujah. Somebody say, give me your heart, Jesus. Hallelujah. Boy, that's a beautiful story. I'm going to just finish reading. Then he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him in and in, and took care of him. Somebody say, let's take care of people. Say, and this is what I want you to do. Say, God... 
And this week, tell me to meet a stranger that I can take care of. Y'all mean that? She said she's going to call it to me. But that's what a church is for. Meeting strangers. And my mama taught me something. Pat the Conway, she lived in Mississippi. This is what she told me. She said, son, I never met a stranger. See, when you're good people, you don't meet strangers. And the word stranger doesn't mean somebody you don't know. But when you meet people, you should care enough about people to find something to have a conversation about. When you really care about nursing somebody to help, there's something you could talk about. And let me tell you a tip. I've been in sales all a very long time. If you want to build a relationship with somebody, the one thing you want to find out to talk about is something about themselves. Because everybody likes to talk about themselves. Somebody, I mean, if you don't have nothing to say about yourself, or you can look at a bumper sticker. They might have Sportsman's Paradise or something. Amen. See, when you're really trying to reach people, you're going to find something in common so that you can help them. Amen. He that wins his souls is wise. He's strangers and bring people into the kingdom of God. We've got to learn how to build relationships. We've got to learn how to meet people. You can't be shy and reserved and win people to Christ. Well, I don't talk a lot. Well, you better ask the Holy Ghost to break that off of you because when you have the power of God, the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a liar. Amen? We got a word on it. We got people to help. And if we really want to help people, and we got to get this hard. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap for that. Hallelujah. So that completes, let me read this, and that's going to complete our series. He said, on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and he gave them to the host. And he said unto him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto them that fell among these? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Somebody say, Go and do likewise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all give him a hand clap today. The Holy Ghost shifted us. Come on, y'all go ahead on and give him a hand clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give him a hand clap today. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 As we get ready to follow altar prayer. Amen. Amen. Y'all know I want to pray with everybody, so I'm going to ask y'all to come up. Amen. And we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. Amen. Amen. We don't want to leave the presence of the Lord. Amen. I know we had a prayer, but that was a... That was Amen. God wanted to heal some people. 
Let us talk about 